douche. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a, uh, it's so satisfying to say. Yeah. It's it's kind of you, you kind of have to think about how hard it is to find a nonsense word that sounds good to say. Yeah. Where it's like you could say flabbedly glue and it's not it's no words and it sounds well, stupid. And, yeah, and, I have to wonder Jack Black's kind of the master of of improv nonsense noises. Yeah, I wonder if he came up with skadoosh. He's the king of saxaboom. So well, obviously too, yeah. he could <laughs> I would hope so. It seems like definitely a Jack Blackism. Yeah. And, but it's it's impressive. You were remarking when we were watching the other night how little skadoosh is actually used in these films. And it's impre- an impressive amount of restraint. I mean, when you look at something like Cars that has the kachow, yeah, I feel like that's used a lot more than skadoosh. Yeah, but people kind of it's used hilariously. Like yeah, ironically. yeah. People talk about skadoosh as if it's used like kachow, but hilariously enough, it's more of a yippee kaye. Yeah, it's he, like he maybe uses two it, or three times in the whole series. Yeah, he uses it. I think every time he's about to get the upper hand against a villain. Yeah. I think in one, he uses it right before he sends Tai Lung to the spirit realm. Yeah. He uses it in the second one when I think he learns how to catch cannonballs out of midair. Oh, yeah. He doesn't then, even do the wooshy finger hold. No. He just, that's, he just skadooshes yeah. with mm-hmm. the, the cannonball. Then in three, he tries it and thinks it it's going to work. It doesn't, it doesn't work. work. Yeah. But no one can see this either, but I have a beer right next to me. And I feel like it's perfect to have a beer while talking about <laughs> a children's animated series. <laughs> Because that's, you know, Poe would drink beer, you know? Yeah. No, it would be sake. Well, sure. Uh, but, like, if yeah. he was in America, he'd be he'd be a guy who'd sit on the couch and drink beer a yeah. lot. Wait, he's, oh, gosh, he's Chinese. He's so Chinese. For, is there Chinese sake? I don't sake? know. I mean, it I is rice wine. So yeah. Rice is I don't know off the top too. of my head. I don't know what, yeah, if there's, like, a Chinese mm-hmm. equivalent for sake. I don't or... know. Maybe we... We should stop this bit before it gets farther down the hole that we don't know. Hello, before make, everyone. Before we make more generalizations. Yeah, I, I do not want to do that. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This is Odd Trilogies with Logan and Andy. I'm Logan Sowash. And I'm Andy Carr. And in case you didn't listen to our uh, Tom 10 video, happy 2021. Yeah. We're here and we're starting off with a new trilogy. And in case you don't know what the show is, Odd Trilogies is about us going through a trio of films... And we usually go film by film to talk about the good, the bad, and the weird surrounding said trilogy. But today, we decided to do three in one again. Because this is a fun one. We watched them all in one go. Mm-hmm. And it's just, a, they're all so consistent and not the same, but just same energy. That like I feel like we can just kind of bend and kind of like meld and weave like our mm-hmm. favorite parts of each together. But in case you couldn't tell by our opening, our uh, first trilogy of 2021 <laughs> is a fun one. It's Kung Fu Panda. We're Ooh. doing all three Kung Fu Panda films. <laughs> and it's hilarious to think how weird... It's always weird to say that the series is a trilogy. Not because yeah. they're not good movies, but because it feels funny that the fat Jack Black Panda film not only got three films, but in my opinion... He got three consistently great films yeah. in the span of nearly a decade. Right. And it's just so weird to like, every time I say like, I like Kung Fu Panda, it almost seems like there's a, you either get people go, oh yeah, that is better than I remember it being, <laughs> or it's, you you mean the panda movie? Yeah. It's like, yes, the yeah, panda it's, movie. It's in a, the trilogy is in a weird spot where it's like, you know, it's nowhere near like Toy Story iconography. Um but it's also like, also, you know, a lot of people have seen it and a lot of people really like it. And you kind of forget how good they are and how consistent they are and how popular they were. I mean, the, mm-hmm. all every all three movies made a lot of money. Yeah, not only do these movies make money, there are TV shows. Yeah, there's a TV <laughs> spinoff. Yeah. There's two TV two spinoffs. Two different TV spinoffs. There was one after Kung Fu Panda 3 and one after Kung Fu Panda 2. Andy, let's play a fun, quick game. Okay. How many episodes do you think there are of the Kung Fu Panda TV series between the two of them? Like yeah, combined, t- total uh, combined. I don't. Let me give you a hint. There are four seasons total. <laughs> okay, so I don't know. Are we? We're in like the seventy-five to hundred ballpark. Yeah. So sure. I will give you another hint. Uh, <laughs> the first series is called was called Kung Fu Panda: Legends of Awesomeness. Oh yeah, I remember. It was that, a Nickelodeon actually. show that ran from 2011, which is when the first film came out. The second film came out. Yeah. To 2015, the year that Kung Fu Panda Three was supposed to come out okay. before it got pushed back, 
And then the second series came out in 2018 to 2019. Wow. And it was one season. So four seasons And that total. was an Amazon original, right? Yeah, which is really weird, too. Because it's like uh, Amazon doesn't own DreamWorks, <laughs> but yeah. I guess they got that. Yeah. Nobody so, know, owns DreamWorks, I guess, no. in terms of the streaming services. Nah, streaming services. Yeah, it's yeah. all kind of all over the place. But what do you, what do you got? What? What do you got? How many episodes wise? Oh, do you think? oh okay. <laughs> don't don't try to take this, push this aside. I don't know. Uh, I mean, if okay, so you kind of you kind of shot down my seventy five to hundred range. So, uh, are we are we nearing one fifty two hundred? That would be insane. <laughs> no, honestly, it was. Uh, if I remember my math correctly, it was like 103 episodes. 103. Okay. Each season has about 25 to 26 episodes. Oh. So it's about a little over 100, if I remember. Okay. But that's 100 plus episodes. Yeah. Half hour show, I Yeah, assume? I think yeah. so. Yeah. I watched a little bit. I think I watched the intro in some clips. It, it has the vibe. We'll get to the movies in a second, but I just want to get this out, out of the way so we We're never doing talk a prequel on the Absolutely. Series. There's not enough time in the world for me to <laughs> sit down I'll, and watch. I'll pack that in with my yeah. Planes prequel. Yes. My solo yeah. prequel. Talk about how the guy who plays Poe is not Jack Black, and it's yeah. it's it's he's trying his best, but it is absolutely so hard to watch that character <sighs> yeah. not be Jack Black. It's just so weird to, to see that series get so many episodes and to think that like i mean it's it's weird to think because we i just assume that like post our childhood per se they stopped making film tie-in shows yeah to a degree and actually they never did (laughs) it's like tangled has a tv show boss baby boss baby boss baby back in business oh god that's right and now we've got a Another a sequel movie, Family Business, or something like that. I think so. Yes, yeah. it's like back in business. There's a the third Netflix kid. Show. There's a third yeah. kid because you know that's what that family needs is more kids. But I mean, it's it's just so weird to think about. Like, because I just assumed that in between Kung Fu Panda two and three, there was nothing but other DreamWorks stuff. Which there right. was a lot of other DreamWorks stuff, but there was also uh, <laughs> there was like a Christmas special at one point. Yeah. There's a television series series and then after three there's another one like it's it's weird to think that if you were a child who loves kung fu panda you probably didn't you had enough stuff mm-hmm. and uh i think what i was going to say earlier is uh, the legends of awesomeness and i think the pause of destiny because the pause of destiny is like is like four tiny pose basically who want to become oh, like almost like yeah. power ranger like color-coded like masters <laughs> and pose the dragon warrior so he teaches right. them but like it has the same vibe to me as like the Lion Guard, if you know anything about that. No, that's like a. It's, it's, I think it's now Disney Junior show where it like takes place after Lion King two, so it's oh. Simba's grandson, <laughs> and it's like that show is like if you're a kid, it's fun enough, mm-hmm. and like they bring in like they bring back Scar, they bring back other okay. characters for a little bit. Wait, isn't Scar dead? Yes, he comes back as a ghost, oh, okay. played by David Oyelowo. So it's, of course, (laughs) but it has that vibe where it's like, if you're a kid and you're just like me, want more Kung Fu Panda, me just eat everything, consume Panda. There's enough video games. There's enough shows, toys that it's like, oh, that's right. This is an animated, this is an animated thing. Obviously there's a lot to it. It's a popular franchise. But what's great too is um, if you're an adult or if you're someone who kind of aged out out of that, as soon as the first one came out. If you go back and you rewatch the first one and just watch the sequels, starting with the first one, my God, it is so much better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I thought it was, I mean, I think to me it might be considered the weakest, but it's not Which even one? the first one for me. Oh, okay. And I, I, I know think, critically it's the highest. Oh, it does not surprise me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's good. I mean, all all of them are great. It's yeah. just the fact that like the first one is very much like a, we're setting the world a little bit where it's like we got to... Make sure we understand this part of the world, understand Tai Lung, the prophecy, mm-hmm. all these things. And Poe as a character is hilariously being called the Kung Fu Panda, has very little agency until the very, kind of like towards the halfway point. Yeah, he kind of just stumbles his way through the plot. Yeah, which is funny if you're a kid. <laughs> sure, yeah, it's entertaining. And, I mean, fuck it, it was funny as an adult <laughs> watching the things he goes through, his goose dad and whatnot, but right. at the same time it's like... It was really weird how it was like the halfway point where you have that 
almost big emotional conversation between him and Shifu where it's like, look at me. I'm not going to do anything. I'm fat. (laughs) I can't beat the evil Tai Lung. And it's like, from that point on, it's like, oh, that's right. It's been kind of like gags and no one takes them seriously. Yeah. And then at that, after that point, you get like what you, what you came for. I mean, you, you get what you come for, for like the entire film. It's just like, that's when it feels like, oh, this is when Poe's journey truly begins. Yeah. I mean, the other two, the other two movies are so much more about Poe and who he is and like figuring out who he is, learning more about his, his past and his, you know, his self and that sort of thing. And the first one is more, Kind of, I mean, I don't want to call it like a, a typical chosen one story, but like that's basically his arc is like he yeah. becomes this chosen one figure and has to learn how to be that because he's not yeah. prepped for it. And I th- yeah, and I think it and does. It I think it does. I would say it fits the chosen one formula in terms of like some of the best chosen one stories are the ones where the chosen one doesn't want to be the chosen one. Yeah, I mean, that's like, it's most of them. Like, I feel like yeah. at this point. It's like he got the the straightforward like Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, yeah. and that's kind of what Poe has, where it's like this this like new world is thrust upon him by accident, yeah, and he tries to basically almost force his way to do it how everyone else does, and doesn't work that way, but he finds his own path to learn, and then becomes the hero that everyone wants, yeah, leading to a finale that is again super satisfying, super fun, over it's just like. What is there much more to say about the first one other than the the action slaps harder than yeah. it has any right to? Yeah, that that was shockingly impressive and fun. Just how like how seriously they were taking the visual mm-hmm. portrayal of the action, the details of the little you know the yeah. choreography, the thing Tai Lung throwing people around during his prison breakout. That's sequence. honestly, I think the best sequence. Yeah. yeah, I think it goes number one is Tai Lung, number two is the Furious Five versus Tai Lung, and yeah. number three is the final fight. Yeah. Where it's like, what's fun about the Furious Five versus Tai Lung is, again, it's what's so incredible about animation, the fact that you can do anything if you put your mind to it and your passion enough, is that every single one of the Furious Five, not only are they different animals, they fight like like similar to the styles they're fighting as. Where it's like, Mantis style, Viper style, Monkey style, (laughs) Tiger style, um, Crane style, and it's like, it's so unique. And yeah. not only is it so unique, the camera work actually vibes well with every single style. Yeah, and you could, I mean, there's there's so much going on in each fight scene. Like, you could honestly probably rewatch each fight scene a few times. And, yeah. like, every frame realize, oh, this character's doing this in the background. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that. There's the introduction you fight know? with Shifu where the camera is constantly spinning. <laughs> yeah. And there's so much going on. They're all attacking him, and he's just, this is to set up the fact that these are the Furious Five. And Shifu is just the master for a reason. He can yeah. handle all five of them at once, basically. And it's like it's very, it's it's so f- like frenetic and just like my god, like yeah. it's it's just going as fast as you can, and you can tell what's happening. Yeah, which is also something that like is always great about good action. Is like it doesn't matter how fast it is if the person behind the camera or the person who's animating knows the right like the right time to hold on to the shot, mm-hmm. the right time to cut. It doesn't feel janky in any way. It feels like you're getting all the information despite right. how fast it is. It's a really great kind of blend of like 70s and 80s martial arts movies in terms of the cinematography and editing. Oh, and absolutely. Also, also like, I mean, anime, it kind of goes to that more extreme level where it's, you've got like... Oh, yeah. You know, they're Especially, not quite going like freeze frame speed lines or anything like no. that. But like, you know, they're going rapid zooms on characters <laughs> as they hit somebody in the face. And then like, yeah. you know. They definitely get more anime in the sequels. Yeah. Well, they Especially get more the fantastical too. Yeah. And that kind of lends the, itself to that. The most like anime-esque thing in the first one is the opening. The 2D opening. <laughs> yeah. Which is fantastic. Oh, man. All those 2D sequences in all three movies are great. Yeah. It's, the third one, I think, was my favorite. Yes. In terms of that sequence. Oh, for sure. There's just, there's there's so much to it yeah. that it's, again, in case you fell asleep for a second, we are still talking about <laughs> the Jack Black Panda movie. Yeah. Like, it's just so weird to think of, like, I genuinely think, and I know this sounds incredibly silly, but I feel like a professor could use these films as how to make a standard story feel fresh. Yeah. Because again, yeah. I mean, we talked, I mean, all three of these films are 
basically doing things that have already done before a yeah. multitude of times. Probably and, the biggest thing that, that they're bringing story-wise that just mm-hmm. kind of hasn't really been done before in a movie like this is the like blended family stuff. Yes. Which that's more in the second and third movie. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, in terms of just general, the plot structure and development, mm-hmm. it's very conventional, but mm-hmm. they have so much fun with it, and they, they give all the all the pieces ample time and mm-hmm. breath to, and to develop. What's super cool, too, is, and I don't even, I don't know if this is intentional, knowing DreamWorks and how tight these films are, I, I, I would believe that they are, but each film <laughs> deals with a different facet of Poe's journey, which the first film deals with uh, Tai Lung as the villain, mm-hmm. which is like his physical uh, a pertle that he has right. to uphill that he has to fight. His second one is mental because he has to get his inner peace, so he has to yeah. mentally basically break down his trauma and his barriers to finally accept everything that's happened to him. And then the third one is spiritual with Kai, yeah, where he has to learn how to master his his chi mm-hmm. and how to basically kind of accept his role more than he ever has before. Yeah, and that's just super cool because it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah it's, I, it's, even it's if it's deceptively not, simple. <laughs> yes, again, and, and it's why it's so astounding. It's like this film, all three films are tight nineties. Basically, mm-hmm. they're like ninety one, ninety two, ninety three, all of them. And it's astounding to think that they're all the same length because they don't – there's times where none of them – there's sometimes where two feels longer in place, and not in a bad way, than like the first one. The third one I feel like is the is the most quickly paced. Yeah. There's so much happening in the third one where it's like right. there's no real down – there is downtime, but it's like immediately as that downtime happens, it's like almost like someone shows up that like kind of heightens yeah. everything again. Well, and there's, it feels like there's a lot more cutting – in the third one between the different parties because yeah. you've got like Poe over in Panda Land and you've got the Furious yes. Five back at home and then Tigress leaves to go find Poe in Panda Land and mm-hmm. yeah you're you're tracking Kai as he wipes mm-hmm. out all the all the masters and turns them into Jade. Which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh Kai is visually such a fun <laughs> imposing villain again i mean all three villains yeah. are pretty fun i mean i would say tai long in the first one is the weakest villain like in terms yes. of his character because yes he's but, the only one where they're really not trying to make him like a his notoriety is scarier than like his actual yeah character. he's more like okay he's basically the ultimate test for poe to be the dragon warrior yeah. it's less of his character contrasting with poe's or mm. anything like that whereas two and three are kind of the villains are more like foils to Poe. Yeah, it's like, and the, it's and Tai Lung is almost it's yeah, and it's kind of funny too how like Tai Lung is almost treated like a Voldemort type villain, yeah. where everyone's afraid to say his name and think yeah. about like he's what Voldemort he used to in be. the first half of the series. <laughs> yeah, and then like when Tai Lung shows up, it's like, oh yeah, he's just a person, yeah, or or at least a snow leopard he's just in a this world, really badass. Yeah, warrior. who is. Who every time they think he's dead, he has a an insane way to get back yeah. into something. And yeah, it's it's again, it's so weird to think about. And I think one of the reasons why we wanted to do this, I mean, one the reasons why I I think suggested it initially was because I love these films and I could talk about these films for hours. But another thing too is like, it is hard. It is so hard to be this consistent in a trilogy. Yeah, like yeah, that I mean, you really think, is an underappreciated. Yeah, like you think about series that have been running for years where it's like, you know, you've got Bond, you've got, I mean, Godzilla, you've got all these like properties that have been around for ages. You even have properties that have been remade, redone, rebooted, and it's like the quality is never consistent. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not even 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 trilogies that like you might overall, if you were to average them out, you'd say they're better you know more significant than the kung fu panda trilogy it's like there's still so many more ups and downs in those trilogies whereas kung fu panda it's like almost it's like ripples ripples of variability in quality even if you so consistent even if you cut out shrek 4 and you just say let's count shrek 1 through 3 even that is still vastly more inconsistent because it goes i mean personally it goes one's really good I love two, and then three is not really a disappointment, but it's very lackluster yeah, overall. Yeah. And then, like, and then again, let's talk about the fact that this is the, I believe, the third. It was, it was the, it was technically the fourth series to get a third film. 
because you have Shrek, you have oh, the DreamWorks. Yeah, yeah, sorry. DreamWorks, yeah. Yeah. From DreamWorks, you have Shrek, Madagascar, then it's Kung Fu Panda, and then I guess How to Train a Dragon is technically the fourth one. But they oh, were kind yeah. of like side and side yeah, to side. Yeah, yeah. And out of all four of those, the most consistent is Kung, Kung Fu, Fu Panda. Because yeah. the Madagascar series starts off. I mean, personally, first film's not a bad one, it's but it's fine. it's very forgettable yeah. in places. I mean, I, I think most people would agree that King Julian saves it <laughs> towards the King end. King Julian and the penguins. Oh yeah. Smile and wave, boys. Yeah. And then the sequel is like Similar to Kung Fu Panda 2, it's more of, like, an emotional journey for its main character. But again, I've only seen that film, like, once or twice. (laughs) And then 3 is one that no one thought was going to happen. Madagascar 3? Yeah, Yeah. surprisingly good. Tropical Freeze. I think it's it's Europe's Most Wanted or something like that. Tropical Freeze. (laughs) That would have been, that's the fourth one. Yeah. That's actually Penguins of Madagascar 2. Donkey Kong in the fourth Madagascar. (laughs) He's the villain. But yeah, I mean, like, you look at that. You look at Shrek prior to 4. I mean, even if you add 4, 4 is, it seems very, like, some people consider That's 4 better than 3. After. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually never seen 4 I haven't after. either. It was one of those films Isn't where it, I think. Everybody says it's better than 3. I think right? so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I remember my, uh, there's, like, I think one line where there's this little kid with his dad, and he just goes, I love you, daddy. And my, da- <laughs> my brother used to do that all the time with my dad. Just to, like, make him laugh. And I guess that's from the fourth one. I don't know. They could be lying Let's to see, me. Two is the one with Prince Charming, right? And, and two is Godmother. Yep. Third one is Prince Charming's Revenge, basically. He's the bad oh, guy in oh, three. Okay. Is uh, he, maybe he's not in two, then. Uh, he is in two. Oh, Prince okay. Charming's in two. Okay. Prince Charming is uh, Fairy Godmother's son. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Prince Charming is the villain in three, and then Rumpelstiltskin is the villain in four. Stiltskin, yeah, I forgot about that. But then, like, again, How to Train Your Dragon. First one is really, really good. Second yeah. one is, to a lot of people, miles better than the first one. I like the second one a lot, but it's been a while, so I like I the know. second one a lot, but mm-hmm. I think it, it got a lot of its a lot of the oomph taken out of it by its marketing because they kind of spoiled a lot of the yeah <laughs> i mean they don't they don't spoil one of the best parts at the end one of the no. darkest moments yeah. but yes in terms of the mom reveal yeah, yeah. and then the third one we're probably I hated the third he's gonna one. say i don't hate the third one i think it is lackluster and i was like i do remember going to the theater and enjoying it enough but looking back i can remember very little yeah it is forgettable Especially for a series that I think at one point was going to get five films. Yeah. It also, in a lot of ways, I feel like it kind of just does the second movie over again. Yeah. With the whole, like, dragon mm. controlling thing and the, yes. the, like, mind control. Which, again, shows how great Kung Fu Panda is as a trilogy. <laughs> because never you never do the same thing, yeah. really. And different themes, different styles yeah. of fighting, different conflicts compared to Poe. Yeah, and yet also, like, super unified. It's not like... Not that this is an, an inherently bad thing, but like a lot of trilogies, you know, they want to throw a curveball and go in a like significantly different direction in the yeah. second or third movie. And like mm-hmm. these, I feel like all of them feel very much of the same ilk. You yeah. Know? I mean, you've got the same writers through all three movies, different directors in every movie. Oh, we got to talk um, about the fact that like two, two and three. So yeah. Not samey, like in a bad way, but just in the same vein. Yeah. Thoroughly. And- and, it's, and it helps, too, that I think in the first film, the, the writers and the directors wanted to make a film that wasn't parodying martial arts films. Yeah. It was making an homage that was fun, silly, but anyone right. could really enjoy. And also the fact that, like, it's obvious they love Star Wars because yeah. there's a lot of influence throughout <laughs> the series. And then in 2 and 3, you get, uh, I don't know how to say her middle name. I hope I'm not butchering it, but Jennifer U. Nelson, who is oh, the director yeah. of 2 and 3. Yeah. And... Honestly, two and three has I think one of the reasons why I think Kung Fu Panda One's probably the weakest. I think two and three has better direction mm. overall. And I think it's like it definitely helps that both her and then her partner Alessandro, I believe, is the, the co director of three. They mm. both are the they were in the animation department for the first Kung Fu Panda and then they yeah. like kind of basically got directorial uh powers so directorial kind of like status for right. the sec- sequels because of their ties with the first one and like knowing the kind of the character designs and the storyboards and whatnot and it's just again you look at that if you even go to pixar we we talked about this in our cars episode where it's like there's only two trilogies in pixar cars and toy story and that was yeah. before toy story 4 
And even then, you can see in Toy Story that, like, Toy Story, I think, is the closest trilogy to Kung Fu Panda to having consistently interesting villains each film that are vastly different from one another. Yeah. Where it's like you got Sid, uh, Stinky Pete, Watso, <laughs> and even uh, the fourth one. Um, it's been a while, but the, the, fourth, the fourth villain is vastly different than the last i mean than lots oh, yeah. of the others she's, yeah. she's she's different in her own way despite being a female villain too it's like yeah i do not she's like the baby doll type chatty Cathy type Cathy, something like yeah. that and it's um gabby gabby something yes. gabby yeah yes i think it is gabby 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 <laughs> yeah because it's like it's supposed to be chatty baby Cathy, doll gabby, yeah, gabby, yeah 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 but it's it's so difficult even for live action films to be consistent yeah. with each film because usually when it comes to live action films, it feels like, you know, directors leave, actors leave, yeah. you know, they have to find a way around that, they go to different places, or maybe they just retread what they did prior and try to put a fresh coat of paint and it doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, it's... Well, and it's, I feel like most trilogies, even the best ones, there's like a kind of a clear favorite, or maybe mm-hmm. it's a choice between one or two of them, but like... Oh, well, let's not even beat around the bush. Let's talk about the original trilogy of Star Wars. It's also inconsistent in places. Yeah, that, that yeah, very inconsistent. Yeah. You got a you got a solid, very good first film, a sequel that is arguably the best film in the trilogy, and then you have Return it's of the, the best, Jedi. But it's also like a very different movie. Yes, it's totally <laughs> it's different. Darker. It's yeah. more serious. It's weirder. It's honestly. slower it's too. Definitely slower. It's, and then you have a uh, third one, which is kind of this yeah. like weird blowout that doesn't yeah. do a lot for most of the runtime and then does a lot right at the end. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we've done our dark one. Yeah. Let's end it for the kids. Yeah. And it's it's obvious why that's a film I'll love it or hate it, depending on certain people. Sure. You yeah. have people who are like, ah, that's my least favorite. And then we have, you know, friends and hell my dad considers it like his favorite film in the yeah, original trilogy. Sure. I mean I know yeah, our friend Adam really loves it. It's I, his favorite I love it too. In the trilogy. I just definitely think it's it's a kind of a weird ender oh it's definitely weak in a lot of places yeah. like it's and I, th- it get, it, I think it gets a lot of goodwill because of its legacy you know that was the last star wars movie for like 20 years almost yeah you know no and, for sure and it does successfully kind of wrap up the what was an iconic story um mm-hmm. across three oh, films yeah. and you you do get a great ending for for luke and vader mm-hmm. which is kind of the core of the whole thing so you know it gets a lot of points but again i think another aspect to the kung fu panda trilogy that makes it so weird is there are times in all three films where it feels like this could go the easy route and it could be bad and every time they do an option they never go the easy way they always find a different i think the one that sticks out to me the most is in kung fu panda 3 with the female panda a weaker film would try to tie her to poe as like a love interest typical romance mm-hmm. yeah. but what's funny about kung fu panda 3 she is so funny because she is so thirsty over poe <laughs> and poe has zero interest yeah. in her and that's what's so funny right and in like in two it's like there are moments in two where uh with with poe where it's like poe discovers why he knows uh shen the evil villain in the second one and it's because shen killed his parents right and at the end, you would think the easiest way to do it is he's full of anger for the majority of it. And then, like, almost in his last, like, could take him out, he decides, no, I'm better than this. Right. But in reality, when it comes to that fight, Poe is not angry. Mm-hmm. He's entirely at peace. And yeah, that's he makes what... his peace before the final yeah. confrontation, which and, is kind of cool. And hilariously enough, it, Shen gets pissed off because <laughs> he's so peaceful and mature when it comes to that whole thing. Yeah. And, like, in the first one, it has great moments where it's, like, in the first one, there's that whole, like, uh, I guess the cheesiest thing in all three of them where it's the dragon scroll is just a mirror. Oh, where it's, yeah, uh, yeah. where it's, it's just, like, you are the dragon warrior. Yeah. But there's a fun moment in the first one where it's, like, his dad, admit, admit oh, his like go- that, yeah, yeah. goose dad admits to, like, his secret recipe that he's always said <laughs> has, noodles. like, a, yeah, his, his special noodles. His special noodles. The only thing that's special about him is how he makes them. There's like no special ingredient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's, it's like it's, it's like he's the been love kind and of passion. Teasing for years that there's this secret ingredient, yeah. and then he's like, "There is no secret ingredient. Secret yeah. ingredient. I just make them well." <laughs> and then Poe uses that as a way to be like, "Oh, 
that's why the the dragon yeah. scroll is empty. Yeah, he like or, looks like, at the reflective. scroll and he's like, there is no secret ingredient. Yeah, it's you, just you have to I be I am it. the secret. Yeah. yeah, I have to do it my own way. Yeah. And that's just... There's, again, a weaker film, I feel like, would just bash it over the head even more. But I think the film does enough over the head, like, the perfect amount. Especially for a children's film. Yeah, where it's clear that kids are going to get the message. Yeah. But it's not like, you know, if you're not a child, you're not going to be, like, bored to tears. Oh, no. It's it's funny, too, how, like, this film has, you know, adult-type jokes throughout of it with, like, I think the most adult joke is the uh there's at one point i think goose dad in the third one like these kids are eating this food and he goes ah my dumplings and he pulls up oh. some dumplings from off screen yeah, yeah and it was yeah. like this like we both looked at each other like oh <laughs> it's like good lord yeah but the movies are surprisingly i mean i guess it's not surprising but like you know usually a really well liked widely appreciated animated movie like these is you know it's got a lot for adults and a lot for kids you know it's got a lot of jokes that are going to go over the kids heads but like i feel like this these movies are kind of shockingly wholesome and there's not a lot of yeah that like oh we got to squeeze this one in for mom and dad Mm -hmm. but there's there's fun jokes where it's like in the second one of reoccurring joke with mantis is like i thought i was gonna you know Meet a nice girl, settle down. <laughs> she'd eat, she's gonna eat my heads because yeah. that's what happens with mantises. That's right. Mantises do. Yeah, and that's and that's hilarious because it's like as an adult you probably go ha ha ha. I know that, but the kids are like, why is he why is he saying that? Yeah, but yeah, this, it's but there's not a lot of that where it's like, oh, that's gonna go over the kids' heads. No, it's like it's a really nice balance where it's like a kid would understand that, but an adult's also gonna think it's funny. Yeah, you know, that's what's also so insane about this is this is a comedy trilogy. That doesn't lose steam. Yeah. Each, all three of them are very funny. With, I guess, the only joke that I feel like is a little bit weak is the chitty chitty chat chat in the third one. Oh, yeah. Where he's, he's, uh, uh <laughs> I remember that one in the trailer, too. Yes. Which is, I was I, like, oh, is this yeah. what the series has come to? Of like, course, oh. I didn't watch the movie at the time, but. Mm-hmm. But it was intimidating. It was supposed to be, he's supposed to be ag- antagonizing Kai. Yeah. And he just constantly just says, like, you know, yap, yap. And it's yeah. like, he just keeps going. And it comes back later. And it's not really any funnier <laughs> when it happens later. Yeah. But then it's like, ah, it's, I get it. Sure. It works enough, yeah. I guess. I think the only thing, like, I think it was maybe just in the first movie, and then they don't really do it anymore, is uh, Jack Black doing, uh, like, martial arts noises, like, kind of like Bruce Lee style mm-hmm. early on. The, and I was like, that's, like, the only time where, where I was like, Eh, it feels like a, a kind of, you know, you're poking fun at martial arts movies and it's not really working. Because that's like what everybody thinks of when they think, think of a martial arts yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. In the first film, I think that happens a lot early on when he's pretending yeah, like he yeah. knows kung fu. Yeah. And then he just I think, I gets... think he does it toward the end, too, if I remember right. He might. I think... But it's I... like the only movie that does that. But I think, but like... I think too, like, especially in 2 and 3, I think by the end of 1... It's still there, but it's more natural because it's Poe's doing it. Poe's yeah. not forcing it. He's actually understanding why he's... It's almost like he now understands why they do those noises. Yeah. Because in 2, he does a lot of just those noises, but it's like him actually fighting, kicking mm-hmm. ass and whatnot. It's like, oh, like it works well. And it's, again... And I get, this might be an unpopular opinion because I know how iconic his voice is and it's hard to not see him when he talks... But I think it's really interesting how Jack Black, by the second and third film, I just see Poe. Yeah, I think he like, disappears yeah. into it. Enough. Yeah, and I think that's crazy. I mean, like, yeah, he's, he's so iconic in terms of like the noises he makes, yeah. who he is, and like he's, by the yeah. second film, it's just like I just see Poe. Yeah, well, and I think he's showing. I think Jack Black showed an, uh, enough restraint. I mean, I feel like. You know, Jack Black is an it's a it's he has an iconic voice, but like he also does kind of a lot of things with his voice in the rest of his career. You know, where mm-hmm. he's like throwing a little grit in it or doing like yeah. some real big belt thing, mm-hmm. and like Poe never really does any of that. It's kind of just Jack Black talking in his yeah. normal voice. Yeah, and so, you, so it's like you know you don't get you don't get Poe screaming a metal ballad or you know mm-hmm. going yeah. No, yeah, you know, it's, it's he's keeping it pretty mellow, and I like that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right that he just he feels like Poe because there's great emotional moments where it feels like Jack Black 
is in those moments, like mentally, despite not being there physically because yeah. you know it's animated. But at the same time, it's like it's those moments where I have to remind myself that while Jack Black is Jack Black, there are films that he's in where he is not playing himself, mm-hmm. and he absolutely kills it, mm-hmm. and he is a good actor. Right. And I think the Kung Fu Panda series shows throughout that when it comes to an emotional scene, he's he brings it to the table. And, you know, and it's it's also fun too that's like Poe to a degree is not emotionally stunted, but he's very emotionally young. Where it's like mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff is very straightforward, but it works in his favor. Yeah. Where it's like it's like I don't I mean he's like, I just gotta move on. Like it's like when it's like in the second one where it's like, How can you find inner peace? And it's like I just I'm more than just those moments. And yeah. it's like it's very simple, but it works so well in establishing mm-hmm. how like it's it's very simple because it is that simple. And yeah. Chen is Chen's conf- conflict is that he can't let go of that. Right. And it's it's just really good the fact that like I was really worried going into it was like, oh yeah, after the first one, I think the Furious Five don't get a lot of time to shine. And that's not really the truth. Yeah, I think two I and three. I think two and three have some good moments. Yeah. They're but... they're not as big of characters as you might expect. Yeah. Um. But I feel like they're they don't really like you know, peter off toward the end of the trilogy. It's pretty consistent. They're very much supporting characters yeah. to Poe's story. You know, none of them are really getting major arcs. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I, I just like that they're 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 consistent with that. Mm-hmm. You know, once again, going back to consistency rather than, like, setting them up as, like, you know, kind of secondary main characters mm-hmm. or whatever. It consistently keeps the focus on Poe and the Furious Five or around the whole time and they yeah. do their thing and they do what they need to do for Poe and, and that's all they need to do. And in all honesty, it's kind of, it's very fun to watch in uh, season two, Kung Fu Panda <laughs> 2, where it's like the first time you see the Furious 5 and Poe together in episode, in episode, Jesus, I did it again, in Kung Fu Panda 2, the first time they're together is when Poe is trying to beat his dumpling record in terms of how many dumplings he could fit in his oh, mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We go from the first film where the last time we see them, they are bowing to him like he is a master. To Kung Fu Panda 2, where they're all like equal ground. Yeah, They respect one another as fighters, as people, and as friends. And that's what makes 2 so much fun, I think, compared to like... Well, 3 has good moments with Furious 5. 2 has the most where the Furious 5 and Poe are together. Yeah. And work well together, where they have like moments to talk and like you know inside jokes Mm -hmm. because like in three they have those two where it's like in three you know the the name zombies comes from monkey and poe saying jade zombies zombies. and they look at each other they look at each other like jinx and it's great and it's glad that you know jackie chan has a total of what (laughs) like 15 lines in the whole series i was gonna say he's got like maybe five lines in the first one yeah Maybe the same amount in the second one. And then the most lines, I think, is in, in three, one, yeah. where he just makes goofy remarks. And it's like, why is Monkey all of a sudden <laughs> just silly? But I love it, though. Oh, Monkey's silly the whole time. Yeah, but it's like, it seems like he only talked every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's, again, it's so weird to say, if someone asked me, what would what is one of the most consistent film trilogies you would recommend in a heartbeat? This is probably in my top five in terms of, like, yeah, I mean, it's like, easy to watch. Yeah, if somebody's asking me, like, you know, what's a trilogy, I can sit down, watch the first one, and know that I'm going to be on board yeah. for the rest of the trilogy. There's That's a, surprisingly hard to come by. Yeah, it's rare and, to say that it is a breezy four and a half hours. Yeah. yeah. Because it's four and a half hours told to watch yeah, all we, three films. We sat and watched them all in one go, and it was, it yeah. was an easy watch. It was a pleasure. Because, yeah, like, the first one we watched it, and we had a good time, and we're like, all right, we plan to do two. Let's do two. <laughs> and then two is such an upgrade in so many ways that I personally was jazzed to, like, just jump into three. <laughs> Especially for the fact that we haven't brought it up yet in the podcast, but you had seen one. most You've seen two, like, once or twice, but never had seen three. Yeah. So this was your first time seeing the whole trilogy. Yeah. Total and I mean, is your are you like kind of you cuz I think we kind of talked about rankings personally, but it's like you preferred 2 over th- with 3. Uh, I can't remember what I, you said. I I I don't know. I mean, I I would probably again, yeah. probably every time if I were to, you know, watch these movies again, I would probably feel differently. Um 
and I probably would every time I'd watch any of them, but like they're just so consistent. Like I could I could rearrange them in any way and convince myself that that's how they should be ranked. I mean, I think the yeah. other night after we watched them, I was thinking like three, two, one, or two, three, one. Yeah, it's. I think, but like at the same time, now I'm looking back, I'm like, hmm, I almost kind of enjoyed the first one the most. But like mm-hmm. at the same time. I liked them all about the same. <laughs> yeah, it's like each one has not only similar values, similar ideas and yeah. comedy going throughout. Each film has a a like unique visual style at times, like cuz like the first one is very well, it's, it's for, yeah, I mean, it's almost less than like having unique visual styles. It's like each with each movie they lean more into yeah. Their visual style. Because the first one I think of, I think of the color yellow slash gold. Yeah. In that first one. Second and one's red. Second one's red. <laughs> and then three is obviously green because of yeah. jade. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the world is still the same each film, but the color palette changes in times that like it still fits the world, but it's unique to that film. Yeah. Where you could show me a still and I could guarantee I could tell you which film it's from because of like the color palette. Mm-hmm. And how, like, it's just different enough. Yeah, it just gets, they get more visually confident with each yeah. movie, I think. I mean, we we haven't really talked about how crazy it is that, like, I mean, this the series is known for stuff like, uh, I think Kung Fu Panda 2 is known as the first animated film to be directed by a female director. Oh, yeah. Because uh, uh, I think the, after that, Frozen, I think, is the next film to have oh, a female yeah. director. But then the third one also has to be the first animated film to be co-produced by China. Because oh, right. we 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 haven't really talked about the fact that like what's so weird too is like Kung Fu Panda three is technically the origin of Chinese studio Pearl Studio yeah which is like DreamWorks yeah it's uh, like it's they did like a they worked on a uh, Abominable together right. which I have not seen <laughs> and then they uh, Pearl Studio did their entirely own thing and with Netflix with the Netflix original Over the Moon. Oh yeah, and I don't know if DreamWorks. Yeah, last year, and I don't know if I don't know if DreamWorks is tied to that. I think it's just Pearl. I don't think I don't think DreamWorks is. But it's like, but at the time, Kung Fu Panda three came out. It had I don't know if it's the it's an unfortunate name, but it does not roll off the tongue. Oriental DreamWorks. Oh yeah. So it's like you know you have apparently this film was the Kung Fu Panda three was a third of it was made in China and the rest was made in L A. Right. And. uh I'm. I like the name Pearl Studio better than Oriental Dreamworks. <laughs> yeah. It almost feels like someone has like, "What should we call our Chinese studio?" Yeah. And I was like, ah. "Dreamworks of the East." <laughs> Dreamworks of the East. <laughs> but it's true. It's like so silly how it's like. But then you watch three, and honestly, there's moments in three where it's like, "This might be some of the best animation in all three. In the which one? In the, the third, third one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's oh, like God, the third one. There's the the zombies are great. Well, the zombies are great, but like that—that's the training sequence in Panda Land, yes. where they kind of merge the three D and two D animation. Like they yes. they go like very yes. flat coloring, mm-hmm. and it's like you know two they, color images, and they do very comic book like yeah. manga panels of like vastly different color palettes. Right, right. And they like they cut them together. Yeah, it's it's the and coolest it's like, way to do a montage, and mm-hmm. and it like becomes less like photo representational and more just kind of like mm-hmm. abstract and yeah artsy and like fun, it's passage, vibrant. passage of time and like it's yeah. intense and yeah. things are being taught and it's really cool i mean that sequence when i was watching it honestly that whole third movie i was kind of thinking i wonder if like kung fu panda 3 walked so spider-man into the spider-verse could run you would style wise because well, it's like going from the first film the first film has that opening dream sequence that is entirely 2d yeah it yeah, has yeah. that vibe too of like this is going to lead into films like into the spider-verse mm-hmm. where it's like yeah. it's 2d but also using it's using 3d models but they're but they animated look like they're yeah, 2D, 2d yeah it's like i mean we i mean you talked about the uh, the flashback kind of like story in the third one where it's Uguay and Kai's origin uh, story, which yeah, is gorgeous so beyond awesome. belief. And uh, I think there's moments in that where I think it's also 3D models I, at times. I think the, the opening sequence is all 3D, but then I think when somebody is recounting to Poe the story, uh-huh. like how they... I don't remember who's telling the story. In the, in the um, movie, I think it's Shifu finds the Jade Scroll. 
that has like the let me tell you the story yeah, about and that part's two D. Yeah, that might be right. Because he's reading the scroll and then and then later we see on the scroll there are images from that two D sequence. Also like, I could I could have I would watch a YouTube video and put or put it in the background where it's just the spirit realm for ten hours. Oh yeah. And just like how gorgeous yeah, spirit the spirit realm is is tight. And also I think this is true because you asked me, because um, in Kung Fu Panda One, um, uh, Poe does the Wuxi finger, finger hold, hold, yeah. Which you know, what he does, skadoosh, it technically I think takes him to the spirit realm. But in Kung Fu Panda Three, there is no discussion of Tai Lung. I think he is actually one of the Jade amulets. Oh, Kai's. Tai Lung is yeah. one of Kai's. Yeah, amulets. you just never see him yeah. because. Yeah. Right, right. But he's in the, he's in the Kung Fu Panda TV show, so you know if he wants some more is? time along, yeah. As a spirit? No, no, no. He's oh, there. He he's just back. there. Yeah. Uh, his nephew Pang is in it. Uh-huh. Again, very Lion Guard esque to be yeah. like, oh, it's tiny time. Well, along. surely Ian McShane came back for the TV show. God, I would love it if that was the case. <laughs> Which, again, speaking of Ian McShane, overall, every single one of these films has an incredible ensemble. Oh yeah, all, all yeah. the whole voice cast brings it, and they never and they never switch out. It's like the Furious Five, Shifu, Poe, yeah, Mister Ping or Goose Dad, yeah. you know the best best dad is. Uh, it's all and like at the same time, every single film has very distinct actors. Like right. Ian McShane as Tai Long, Gary Oldman as the Peacock Shen. Yeah. Brian Cranston I mean, as Poe's real yeah. dad. The thing I love about uh, Gary Oldman as Shen. Is like Shen is the kind of villain that like if this was a live action movie you could see Gary Oldman yeah playing that character. Yeah. What's great <laughs> like about it's just it's yeah. such a Gary Oldman villain. And what's great too is like Gary Oldman has such a volume and a range to his voice that it almost it works entirely better in animation because a peacock you wouldn't expect a Gary Oldman voice. Right, right. So it's like when he yells, it's like yeah. oh that's even scarier that this peacock <laughs> has this range. And I, I don't remember, I don't know for certain, I, I swear this is true, but, like, do you know who originally was supposed to be Kai, but left due to, I think, script changes that he didn't like? No, I don't know who that was. Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, man. Apparently Mads Mikkelsen was supposed to be Kai in the third film, oh. but I think I think they changed parts of his character that he didn't like. And so he kind of left the project. Man, I, I mean, J.K. Simmons does yeah, his J.K. Thing Simmons too, like, thing, yeah. and he's great as Kai, but, oh. Now that you say that, Mads I really wish so I'd good. seen a Mads Kai. At, at the same time, too, it's like they JK's version of Kai is a a general, a war general yeah. that no one remembers because it's been five hundred years. Yeah. And he plays the comedy well in that, but he's still intimidating. Yeah. Like it's still crazy that you're in a world of kung fu fighters where it's like our main character has the ability, if he wants to, to just send anyone to the spirit realm. Where it's like he could do the wooshy finger hold on oh, practically anyone. Right, right, right. But like in the six, in the sequel, in the second one, he doesn't ever use it. In the second one, actually, the second one does one of the best versions of the main character is weaker, and instead of taking away Poe's power, he instead is just weaker because mentally he's fighting himself. Yeah, he's from just experiencing the trauma. Himself. Yeah, he's not. Which yeah. you, you, like you have situations that's, like uh, that's such a tiring yeah. trope sometimes in series like, where they just yeah. take away the main character's powers. I, I mean, Spider like, Man Two does it. Yeah, but Spider Man Two, it's like it works well enough because all the way up to in that part in Spider Man Two, it's like you're seeing examples as to yeah. why he'd rather not do this. Right. Or you have like I think a worse example of that, which is in Wonder Woman eighty four, yeah. where like that's the catch all <laughs> for getting Chris Pine back is well, that right. she loses his and her powers. Her, she loses her powers for like I don't know. Not very long, like ninety <laughs> minutes. Like, it feels like no time at all. Yeah, because, no, it's because yeah. she doesn't really lose all. Her she powers. doesn't talk about it. Yeah, she still is able to take like. She's not powerless. She's just yeah. less powerful. She can roll on asphalt for like at sixty miles per hour, but right, you know right. she's fine. Yeah, but like but no, she this bleeds. is yeah, she bleeds. Um, you, bleed? <laughs> you will, <laughs> but um, again, it's just like this film could take the easier out in so many ways, all three of them, and yet everyone involved just seems like they're using their a game and it's so insane that that is for the jack black panda film (laughs) it's every time it's like it is this is this is definitely one of those films where it's like i think my entire life i'm just gonna have to like be like i get what i'm saying sounds silly 
<laughs> but if you just sit down and watch him as films, you will realize how fucking good these movies are. Yeah. Like, not they're not just great kids' films. They're wonderful kids' films. But they are just, like, in films in general, I think they are doing the pantheon of I think anyone can enjoy these movies. Yeah. Well, and I think it just, it, it knocks that, like, you know, sends that home because it's so rare for, like, a trilogy of, especially kids' movies, where, like, usually you get sequels purely because the first one was popular and we got to capitalize on the yeah. success. And that might have been the motivation for making three Kung Fu Panda movies, but you can't really tell because each movie feels like it has a critical purpose mm-hmm. for Poe's arc and a very yeah. distinct purpose. You know, you were saying that earlier, how it's yeah. he, he overcomes a physical obstacle, then a mental obstacle, and, and then spiritual. a spiritual one. Yeah. And it's just so perfectly laid out that it almost feels like okay, we had to have a trilogy from the start, and I'm glad we did. Yeah. And I'm glad we're done. You know, absolutely. Or, you know, not not in the sense of, like, I don't want any more, but, like... No. And in all honesty, if if they wanted more, I'd be genuinely curious to yeah. see what they would do. I think I would immediately raise an eyebrow if, like, the same writers and directors didn't come back. Yes. I would agree I think, with that. Because I think they've, they had it down. They had it figured out so well. Yeah. It's like... If, if they didn't come back, then it probably meant it was a cash grab. I mean, we haven't even really talked about my favorite aspect of 3, which is in, in the Kung Fu Panda universe, oh, yeah. the one of the best modern examples of how to do a blended family in cinema is in Kung Fu Panda 3. <laughs> like, Kung Fu Panda 2 has some incredibly, like, surprisingly emotional moments where it's like, Poe, in a hilarious comedic thing, realizes he's not a goose. Right. He just never thought about the fact that his dad and his dad looks vastly different than him. <laughs> and then there's this point where his dad, which I don't think it's say his name in the first film, but his name is Mr. Ping. He is just so scared he's going to lose Poe. Right. Because like, there's that one scene in Kung Fu Panda 2 where he's like, you know, Poe, I don't want you to leave. You could get hurt. And he's like, don't worry, Dad, I'll be back before you can say noodles. And then, like, there's this fun, like, r- like adventure music. And then it just cuts to Mr. Ping alone on the road, just goes, noodles. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, this is the Kung Fu Panda series. Yeah. And then, like, in the third one, you yeah. have the return of Poe's dad, played by Brian Cranston. Yeah, Poe's yeah, killer performance. Brian Cranston kills it in the film. Does it brings a lot of for a film that like this is the first time he's introduced. There's so much like like love and experience built mm-hmm. into this character, and you think it's going to be like again if this was a worse film, it would be the dads trying to sabotage each other. Right. When in reality, what happens is Mr. Ping is just passive aggressive the entire time, and when he could have the chance to basically swoop in and basically be Poe's favorite dad. He instead goes to Poe's biological father and goes, I just realized that, like, I was always worried I was going to lose him. But with you in his life, that just means he gets more fathers and gets more love. And it's like, how has this not been done this well? (laughs) Because I think think to me, when I think of, like, modern examples of stepdads, I think one of the worst examples is, like, the stepdad in boyhood. Like, oh, there's, yeah. like, there's, there's, like, an element in boyhood where it's, like, the most stereotypical, like, drunken, kind of abusive father, yeah. stepfather, which, not saying that doesn't exist. Oh, of Definitely course. does. But that's, but that's, that's all we see, yeah. really. You either get that, TV and movies. you get that, or the limp noodle stepdad, who barely <laughs> yeah. does anything. Yeah, he's either, he's either an yeah. abuser or a cuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to say limp noodle cuck. Yeah. But it is true, it's like, you, you don't get anywhere in between, and what's great about this film is you get a stepfather who understands the importance of having a biological father in his life because it means that there's more people who want to know him and love him and support him, which leads to one of the best moments in three when it's like they're trying to fight off the zombies. And when Shifu is trying to get in or evil Shifu, because he's now a jade zombie. uh, Yeah. Goose dad and Panda dad come together (laughs) as the dual dads and they do, and they do things like, like, here you go, dad. Thanks dad. Like they do that kind of joke, but it's so satisfying to see them. Well, don't they, they build like a conjoined, armor set yeah he's got like a like kangaroo he's got like a, other, he's yeah. got like a kangaroo pouch yeah and, and duck dead has like a spatula and like a pan and is like yeah. dodging stuff all it's just so good yeah and again it has no right to be that good of a representation 
Yeah, it's just shocking that it's, yeah, the Jack Black Panda movie is, you know, for all intents and purposes, the one movie that's showing, you know, blended families in just an entirely constructive light. Yeah, and it's like, it's a lot of things where it's like, in most films, like, I think the Furious 5 is handled well, and the sequel is like, also being a part of that family. Yeah. Where like, Tigress is like, there's these great moments in 2 where it's like, they're very few, but they're, I think they're used to their maximum where it's like Tigress is someone who cannot feel pain anymore. She is she is trained to the expert <laughs> yeah. degree that she cannot physically feel pain. What is it? The hard path or the yes. hard way yeah. or something? Yeah. And she's, she, she calls it. Yeah, and she tells the Poe, is like, you aren't going to work with the hard path. Yeah. But there's this great moment in 2 where like Poe finally admits there's something wrong and it's bothering him that like Shen knows about his parents and he doesn't know why. And when you think Tigress is going to fight him, she just hugs him. Mm-hmm. And it's such a powerful moment because it's like, as a kid, you're like, oh my god, that's the that's the badass. Yeah. And she's showing feeling. <laughs> and it's like, she's super cool. And then in Kung Fu Panda 3, there's great moments towards the end of 3 where it's like Tigress is the voice of reason to Poe when Poe is like most dead set on like fighting Kai by himself. And right. she's like, no, 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 you're an idiot. You're going to die. And she kind of helps him get ready for that as well mm-hmm. and has great moments. And all of this, it again, it is just astounding from top to bottom that a trilogy like this can be can be out, can be consistent, can have two TV shows that are probably of varying quality depending on seasons and yeah. animation. I think I've seen a bit of the animation and it's it's rough, but at the same time, I that's, remember watching that's, a few episodes of the Nickelodeon show. It's like a it's like a it's like, yeah, this is a CG show from 2011. This is a CG show from 2011. But, like, it's just so good. It's, it's, and also, it's like one of the perfect films to start off the new year because it's easy to watch. Yeah. It's refreshing. It's mature. It has a lot of nuance. Oh my God. There's so many moments in the film where it's like, in all three films, where there's very subtle facial changes. And, like, eye changes in, like, very emotional scenes. And it's, like, they just animated that. They could have made it as broad as daylight. But they don't. They just, they added great little, like, pupil eye changes or, like, little shrugs in the cheekbones. (laughs) And it's, like, that is just so good. (laughs) And it's for the same animation studio that brought you Shark Tale. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Later on, they'll bring Uh, you Boss Baby. Just all these different films where it's like, it's, yes, DreamWorks is definitely not consistent when it comes to quality at times. I mean, but when it comes, yeah. I mean, when it comes to Kung Fu Panda, it is their most consistent trilogy. Yeah. And it's silly to say that out loud, but it's it's true. Well, and I mean, is it safe to say that, you know, outside of maybe Shrek and, and or Shrek 2, like Kung Fu Panda is the high point of DreamWorks? Yeah. I, mean, I, th- I think Shrek 2 and Kung Fu Panda 2 are two of the high points yeah. in the series. Where it's like, Kung- Shrek 2 has, you know, you have like, I need a hero. You have great <laughs> emotional, you got Puss in Boots. Right. You got all these great quotable lines. It's just in, in DreamWorks' massive filmography, you know, they, they have so many duds. And it's just impressive, yeah. kind of, you know, coming from them that they put out such a consistent consistently yeah. good trilogy yeah because it's reaching for more than kind of bottom of the barrel mm-hmm. kids entertainment yeah you you would expect like most trilogies where it's like the first one does well and people are clamoring for more so they do the next film and most times it's not as good as the first one yeah. but it'll make more than the first one because people are anticipating the sequel now that they know the quality and then the third one will either be a dud or not make as much. Yeah. And that kind of is, even though all three of the Kung Fu Panda films are this consistent, they still follow that through line where it's like the first film makes like 600 and like 30 million. Mm-hmm. The third, the second one makes 665. And then the third one makes 521. They still make their money back. They all make yeah, yeah. plenty yeah. of money. But it's obviously there is a drop, a hundred million dollar plus drop from two to three. And so if they want to make a sequel, I feel like if they do, hopefully they are not doing it yet because they're taking their time and figuring out what they want. 
because it might be a, like almost like a Pixar situation where it's like they try to do different IPs, it doesn't work out, and then it's like, oh, maybe if we sneak up a surprise sequel, yeah. a new trilogy of Kung Fu Panda, maybe they'll bring the kids back into the theater. Yeah, but I don't know. But for now, it's just a very, I mean, a very solid, well constructed, well tied together trilogy. Yeah, and you should get out there. And do yourself a favor and start your year off right with one of the best animated trilogies of all time. Absolutely. Hell yeah. And since Andy perfectly capped it <laughs> off there, it's time to talk about what we're doing in February. Because yeah. we're now currently filming this off co- co- classic, you know, filming it. I meant well, recording. Recording live. Wonderful. Yeah. One filming, day maybe filming we'll and filming. or reco- <laughs> recording live. We'll see in the future. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're, we're recording this at January 30th. Because we always record it live. And so, like, this is one of the last days of January. And so this is definitely the only January trilogy you're getting. Because we are primed and ready for our month of love with (laughs) our next trilogy, which is a romance trilogy. Yeah, we're doing a little Valentine's Day. Yeah, because, like, there's very few, like, if even if we were trying to do rom-coms, there are very few rom-com trilogies. But this particular is a romance trilogy that is well regarded as one of the best romance trilogies. One of the best altogether. trilogies. Honestly, yeah. Especially in this uh, filmmaker's filmography. Oh, sure. Especially with, like, I believe each film is, like, not ten years apart, but, like, five plus years apart each. Right. Uh, which I think the second and third one have the biggest gap. But um, we are doing... Richard Linklater's Before Trilogy for a Valentine's Day February trilogy. We are doing one of the greatest romance trilogies of the modern age, probably mm-hmm. say, which is Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight. Starring uh, Ethan Hawke and what's oh. her name? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I, I see it in the I see it in my mind's eye. Um, on my page doesn't want to load, <laughs> so I'm not going to be able to pull it up. But uh, you, you look up the Before Trilogy. You'll know what we're talking about. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, we, we've we wanted to do this for a while. I mean, especially yeah. when we started this because is, it's this like... This has been at the top of our list yeah, of because, trilogies we want to do just because... Yeah, because again, it is, a, it is a trilogy of not a blockbuster romance series. This is a no. trilogy of... Very independent romance films. Yeah, they're little. They're, yeah. It's a very, very kind of tiny, you know, mm-hmm. character study, relationship study. Yeah, these are films that do well at like Sundance, at festivals. Yeah. Probably make their money back because they're not that expensive yeah. to make. Critically acclaimed, but Absolutely. like. Absolutely. I feel like not a lot of people outside of, you know, like, you know, movie buff circles, not a lot of people have seen them. Oh, for sure, too, because it's like. Um, it's cause I, mean, when I, I only I think I only learned about them for the first time a couple years ago when I was like looking through Linklater's mm-hmm. stuff and I was like, oh, he made a trilogy. That's the thing too. <laughs> With is Ethan like, Hawke. That's the thing too. Is it's the man behind Dazed and Confused, Boyhood, yeah. Bernie, and it's like all these different things. Well, he's yeah, he's got such a varied career. He's made all sorts of different stuff. Right. And then Julie Delpy is her name. Julie Delpy. I knew it was a Julie. I didn't know the last yeah. name, so I just had to look it up. It's Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. Yeah. And it's a romance Which I think trilogy. She's best known for these movies. I believe so that she is too. And we are going to start off doing something completely different where instead of doing three in one and instead of doing one episode for each film, we're gonna do the first two as a double feature. We're going to yeah. do Before Sunrise and Before Sunset, and it'll be out on February 13th. 13th yeah, yeah, Valentine's we'll be, Day weekend. We'll basically. be recording it live the day before Valentine's <laughs> yeah. Day. Just in time yeah. for you to set the mood lighting and yeah. Watch go to town. Ethan I... Hawke just sway you with probably philosophy and intellect and, you yeah. know. And love. And love, you know, classic. And then after that... Um, do we talk about doing it the next week? I think. Is yeah, it? and then and yeah. then the week after that, we'll we'll cap it all yeah. off with the the trilogy conclusion before, before midnight. midnight. Yeah, because now that the love is you know come and gone, now it's time to get yeah. to when you got to rekindle that love, which that is way, apparently before midnight. <laughs> that way, we've got a week of romance for yeah. Valentine's Day, and this will be an interesting one too because this is a trilogy that neither of us 
have seen. Yeah, haven't I seen have, any of them. This has been on my list for quite a while because I'm a big fan of Linklater. He's made one of my favorite films of all time. Will that uh, will that be a first for us? A trilogy where neither of us has seen any entry. I think so. I think that's a first. I think it is the first. So because because like, be there because we're going to be exploring for the first time. Absolutely, this will be the first time we're going straight into it. And thankfully, <laughs> I think knowing Linklater and Hawk. And how iconic, you know, Delpy is in this yeah. as well. There's going to be enough content for those first for those first two films, and definitely for the finale. Yeah. Um, well, because the th- the second, the part two, the second episode, even though it's just you know the third film, will be addressing. Yeah. You know how it kind of ties the whole thing together. So oh, we'll be absolutely. Talking about all three movies in the last <laughs> or in the second episode. Yeah. So. so stay tuned for February thirteenth. Right before Valentine's Day is our Before Sunrise and Before Sunset episode comes out. But until then, I'm Logan Sowash. And I'm Andy Carr. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.